Hey church, it's so good to be with you today. I hope, I hope that you are well. <laughs> As you can hear, we have some beautiful people in the house today and it's, an, it's always a blessing to have people full of faith in the room today. And today is a day where we've experienced such a great presence, such a great moment of encountering God. I love being a room in a room where God and His people uh, encounter one another. And I just absolutely love it. I love being a witness, also a participant uh, in it. And it absolutely changes my life. I my life changes when God interacts with you. It's amazing. I love it. When I listen to the testimonies, my life is truly changed. My perspective of God completely changes when I, when I see how much God loves you and how much you love God and how you testify of His goodness in, in His life. So I love it. Praise God for an awesome church, an awesome community. So today we're going to do something different. We're going to uh, preach to uh, New Covenant Church. I'm going to preach to New Covenant Church as well as Life Church Global. And so we just want to welcome everyone from NCC to our church and we want to welcome Welcome everybody from Life Trust Global to NCC. <laughs> it's an awesome, it's an awesome day when I feel like two families have come together. Uh, it's a good day. Uh, and I know that today's word is you are going to be blessed by the word and your life is truly going to change and be transformed. So as a church, we're currently on a series of talks called uh, Spiritual Algorithms. Uh, and the title of my message today is Spiritual Authority. So spiritual algorithms are not formulas, but they are spiritual methods or spiritual dynamics, which when applied in our lives, will not only transform us, but these algorithms begin to work in us and through us to enable us to live out the good, the perfect and the acceptable will of God. It's very important that we understand this from the get-go because these algorithms are, are Christ's virtuous gifts to the body. Now, when I talk about gifts, I'm not talking about prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, uh, but I'm talking about His virtues that He gives as a gift. The, these algorithms are not analytical formulas but they are spiritual methods or they are spiritual dynamics that when we receive these virtues and we begin to apply them in our lives, these virtues get deep, go on the inside of us and these algorithms begin to work out Christ in and through our lives. It doesn't work us into a better person. It works out Christ in and through our life. So when you receive an algorithm, you begin to look at life very differently. And these algorithms begin to change the way you see life differently. In a nutshell, is you look at every obstacle as an opportunity. That's when you know the algorithms, the Word of God, the virtues of Christ in you have begun to work in and through your life. You don't look at life as, as obstacles as, oh my God, this is a giant and I need faith. No, no. Once you, once you mature in your faith, once you mature in the revelation of God's Word and you receive these algorithms and you begin to apply these algorithms in your life, now these algorithms begin to change the way, change the way you look at situations in your life then these algorithms now begin to reveal, they manifest Christ to these situations. 
thereby transforming them. All right, so I'm going to explain this a little bit more uh, deeper, but this is basically my message in a nutshell. I wanted to submit this to you because I need you to keep the context as I begin to go into different aspects of my message. Because you might look at, sometimes we are very linear in the way we, we, we listen, in the way we hear. But I want to encourage you to become dimensional in the way you hear the word. And the reason why I gave you my message in a nutshell is so that you can keep that in, that, that as the lens of your mind, in your mind, as you're hearing everything that I'm saying today. Alright? Somebody say Amen. Awesome. So I would love for you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 16 and we'll read a familiar passage in the Bible but we'll just start there and we'll take it into an awesome place. Matthew chapter 16 and from verse 13 onwards. And it says this, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples saying, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? Now, He's asking his disciples what they've heard, what people say about him. Okay, you must understand that. They're asking, what is, what is their opinion of me? And so the disciples now, and so they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? It's an amazing question. Because what matters to Jesus is who do you say He is to you? You can listen to pastor so-and-so and prophet so-and-so and He will describe Jesus to you in a certain way. Am I just Jesus that died on the cross? Am I, do we have a personal relationship where you have had a fresh revelation of who I am to you? Every time you listen to a message, every time you, you hear the Word of God, every time you read the Scriptures and you, you understand who Jesus is, who is that to you? He wants to know. He wants to know that. It means something to Him. And I want you to keep this in your heart every time you're reading the Scriptures because Jesus wants to know, who do you say I am? Not who does Pastor John say I am? Who do you say I am? Right? And so, Brother Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Come on, somebody. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. How many of us have spent our days listening to other people's messages but have not heard the Father speak to us? Your own revelation of God. Because Peter in this moment says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, Peter, you are blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, Petros, and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell, Hades, will not prevail against it. Verse 19. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Come on now. For I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in 
heaven. And he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Okay? So it starts off by him saying, who does people say I am? That's your first level of maturity. Jesus, as you begin to grow in your faith with God, let's just say you came in new into the faith, you just got saved. Good, you're listening to people, you're listening to your mentors, you're listening to spiritual fathers, you're listening to people preaching, you're receiving the word, you're, you're receiving all of that kind of stuff. And Jesus, wow, awesome. Who, do, who does Pastor John say you are? Who does Danny say you are? Who does Kelsey say you are? Who does Max say you are? Awesome, awesome, that's good. Okay, next level of maturity is who do you say I am? Because there's something that happens between who do they say I am and who do you say I am? And that's called experiencing the algorithm. Peter acknowledges Jesus as the manifestation of Christ. Christ, now you must understand, I, I did a whole series on Christ. Christ is this invisible life force from the beginning of time. That has been generation and generation through all of creation, Christ has been manifesting, growing, maturing, maturing. And then He fully forms, He comes in the form of Jesus the Christ. And now Peter acknowledges Jesus as that Christ. You must understand the significance of this revelation. It just You just don't wake up to that. This is a very deep revelation. How can Peter, this fisherman, understand that from the beginning of time, there was this invisible force called Christ. He was giving life. He was life. He was a life source in every single thing that existed. And now the purpose of this Christ was to manifest in the form of Jesus. And now he comes in the form of Jesus and he's asking, who do you say I am? What is he trying to say? I was invisible, but now I'm visible. Can you recognize my form? That algorithm was invisible. That algorithm became visible. What do you call me? Because whatever you call me, that is who I am to you. And so now he acknowledges Christ. I mean, he acknowledges Christ now. Jesus, God, Jesus says to him, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Wow! Which book did you read it in, Peter? No, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you, but my heavenly Father. So which means, Jesus says, now I give you the keys of the kingdom. So the keys of the kingdom is not just given to Peter. Must understand. The keys of the kingdom is given to the one who receives fresh revelation from the Father. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom, right? But who does he give the keys to? He gives the keys to the one who has received a revelation, a personal revelation of Christ. But when you receive a personal revelation from the Father, it is your acknowledgement. It is you giving him a form. It is you giving him a name that causes you to have a certain amount of authority. The minute you recognize that this is Christ in Pastor John, this is Christ in Amanda, this is Christ in Ken, this is Christ in Sohel, this is Christ in, in Kelsey, this is Christ. I can recognize Christ. This is not their personality. This is Christ. Who has revealed this to you? My Father in heaven. The minute you do that now, boom, He gives you the keys of the kingdom. 
So the keys of the kingdom is not given to your humanity, but it is given to your divinity. It is given to Christ in you. When you receive a fresh revelation of God and you begin to acknowledge, oh, I've received a fresh revelation. What is that revelation? It is Christ. When you receive Christ and you acknowledge Him as Lord, now to the Lord, He gives you the keys. The keys of the kingdom. One of them is authority. Christ's authority. He gives you the authority. Now, He begins to say this. Whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Oh, so this authority is not given to humanity. This authority is given to the sons of God who have received a fresh revelation of God, uh, a fresh revelation of Jesus. So as your revelation of Christ increases, your maturity increases, the algorithms cause now an attraction of authority in your life. So you want to have authority in the kingdom of God, you've got, you need fresh revelation. And to that fresh revelation, you need to give it a form. You need to call it. You need to say, this is Christ. This is the Son of God. This is the, when you go to your boss and your boss is good to you. It's not your boss, but Christ being good to you. You've got to call it. You've got to say it. You've got to acknowledge that that is Christ. When you acknowledge now, God begins to give you authority in the company. I hope you understand that. Very important. A lot of us try to do more sales to, to impress the boss. But no, there's a different way to grow in the company. You acknowledge Christ when you experience goodness, when you experience a fresh revelation of the Father. Oh, you know, you see that, you see that guy who goes and makes tea in your office when he makes the tea. That, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? That's Jesus tying a towel around his waist and serving his disciples. Come on, you've got to understand that that is Christ. He might be a Muslim, he might be a Hindu, he might be, he might not, he might be an atheist, not even believing in God. But the fact that you have acknowledged Christ working in him now causes your authority to grow in the kingdom of God. Very important, spiritual authority. So when Peter acknowledged Jesus, the invisible becoming visible, he created an algorithm in him that caused Peter now to become the first of many disciples in the kingdom of God. You must understand that Peter was the one after Jesus who was leading everything. Where did that authority come from? How did Peter, the one who betrayed Christ, so it doesn't matter what you do. The one who publicly betrayed Jesus. You must understand. Jesus called out his betrayal in front of all the disciples and it is written forever he will be known as that but God did not consider all of that when he was saying okay since you acknowledge my who I am in your life I'm giving you authority so authority is not based on what you do it is based on the revelation that you receive and it is the form that you give that revelation in your life who am I to you that's what Jesus wants to know. Why is he asking you the question? Is because he wants to give you authority. Because when you get authority now, you can bind and loose things that you could not do before. What is this binding and loosing? What happens, ladies and gentlemen, in this context is that you go from being a normal person to being a Lord in the kingdom of God. 
You go from being a, a follower to being a leader. You go from being a just a simple person who is following Jesus to being a lord in the kingdom of God that carries a sphere of authority and influence. So which means that when something comes through your territory, if it does not resonate with the rhythms of the Father, with the rhythms of heaven, you have full authority to bind it. But the fact that you have recognized that that is not of Christ and you're binding it reveals that you're a Lord. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that in a little bit. Okay. But you must understand these, these this authority is given to the ones who have allowed their minds to be renewed by revelation from the Father. This revelation or these algorithms are Christ's character, nature and abilities that enable us to function from His image and likeness. See, a lot of us are, are okay being transformed into His image and likeness. But the next step from there, what I'm presenting to you, is that you've got to function according to the image and likeness of Christ. What's the point of being transformed if you don't function as Christ on the earth? You can be an awesome transformed person, but to the transformed person, He gives the keys of the kingdom. So that now, as a transformed person, that algorithm, He gives the keys to the algorithm because that algorithm is Christ. It's His nature, His character, His abilities in you. And so now, when you receive the keys of the kingdom, those that, that Christ now begins to function from you. So you are the point of contact on the earth that Christ needs in order to come from invisible to visible. I hope you understand that. I want you now to go to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 22. It says this, and he, and he, as in the Father, put all things, say all things. Say it like you mean it, all things. Do you know what this means? I studied it. I did a deep study. It means all things. As far as your mind can think or your mind can go, all of those things. Under where? His feet. That's Jesus' feet. And He gave Him to be the head over all things. Again, to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him who fills all in all. Now, I want to, verse 20 defines what these all things are. Okay, because we think that all things could be the mountains, the valleys. Yes, it's all of that. It's all, all of that. But also, I want to I define exactly what He means by all things. Because that's when you'll understand this binding, loosing thing. Okay, and it says this. 
Actually from verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked, verse 20, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand where in the heavenly places. Say this, far above. Say it like, like it's far above. Far above. Far above all principality, not some, all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in that which is to come, which means there are names that will come that are named, right? That we're not aware of, but Jesus is on top of all of them. Okay, but what is he trying to say? He's saying that. He took Jesus, raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand and now placed all things under his feet. All things including principalities and power and might and dominion and every name that can be named. Okay, so which means principalities are not opposing God. They were created by God for His purpose. Principalities and power <laughs> and might and dominion and every name, all these things were created by God. And now, somehow, they were not under Christ's feet because He had given authority to man and man called out those beings according to their fallen nature and it caused a rebellion. Principalities, powers, darkness, dominion, all these things had, had lost its purpose because man had defined them or gave them a form because they were not hearing fresh revelation. And so now because of what Jesus did, God brought all these guys and put them under His feet. So which means every demon is under the feet of Jesus. Every principality, every angel, every power, every name that is named, every name that you meditate on that is named is all subjected to Jesus. It's very powerful. So the question I have for you is, where are you seated? The Bible says that you are seated in Christ in heavenly places. So which means you are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. So which means whatever is under the feet of Jesus is under your feet. Sometimes we try to fight things that are already submitted to us. Kelsey always says this to me. Why do you go down to their level? That's what I'm trying to present to you today. Why are you going below your level? To fight things you're meant to commission. We read all the books. Look, look, I'm not disregarding people who write about this demon and that demon and all that kind of stuff. Look, that's their thing between God and them. But 
when I read the scripture, I am more interested in the one who saved me than the one who serves me. Because I'm being transformed into the, to the image and likeness of the one who saved me, not the one who serves me. I'm transformed into image and likeness of the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, not under His feet. Why do we engage in, in a wrong perspective? Why do we engage with beings that are meant to be subjected to us? See, we, we get into battles that reveal that we do not know our rightful place and our identity in Christ. But, I want you now, we must understand, it's very, very important for you to understand that the reason why you are in Christ seated in heavenly places is so that you can now commission or recommission or give responsibilities or define the scope of work of all those things that are under your feet. Don't try to study <laughs> what somebody else is saying about what's under your feet. Allow the one who everything is under his feet to define to you what is under your feet. You carry a very great sense of authority. You carry authority that no man has given to you. That authority has been given to you by God. Now, I want you now to go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. And here, Jesus is telling His disciples, Hey guys, this is after His resurrection, right? He's saying this, Matthew 28 and verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority, say all authority, has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Right? So, all authority, which means there's no more authority left. Which means all those demons that you've been studying, all those demons that you're trying to cast out, all of that stuff, they have no authority of their own. But how do those have power over men, people then? It's because man has looked at them and defined them. And when they defined them, they gave them a form and that was the form to them. You are the ones. We, humanity, are the ones who carry the sense of authority. We're the ones who are giving form to the very things that attack us in our life. By the words we speak, by the thoughts we allow in our mind and by our actions. We are the ones who define, we give these spirits names, cancer, COVID, AIDS, diabetes, heart disease, deafness, dumbness, whatever you want to call it. The minute, you must understand, it, is, it was invisible at one point in time and when it came to you, instead of binding it, you let it loose. And you gave it a form. And now when you man gave it a form, it went around doing what you sent it out to do. 
Oh, come on. This is a really, really good word. So, we, we must understand that Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Now you go. When he says you go, it doesn't mean that you go now by yourself. It means that the authority that has been given to me, now with that authority, you go. So that word authority is the word exousia. And it means the power to act or conferred power or delegated power. It's not just, authority doesn't mean that, oh man, you know, I have authority now. I have a title, but no responsibility. No, no, authority means you have a title and a responsibility. And that responsibility carries a power. It's like a policeman that, that wears the badge. He can be, he, when he wears his uniform, right, and he walks down the street, everybody is aware of the law. Why? Well, he carries that sense of authority. The, uh, the law has empowered him to judge. And you are afraid of judgment and getting a fine, so you obey the law. But when that policeman is not in his uniform, you don't recognize the law. You don't recognize his authority. You don't recognize what is backing him. In the same way, you and I have been called righteous in the kingdom of God. God has rescued us and placed us in Christ. So every time somebody sees you, the question is, do they see you or do they see the authority that's on your life? They should be able to see Christ. They will see Christ if you have received a fresh word. If you've received revelation from the Father of who Christ is and you've acknowledged Him, you've given Him a form in your life, guess what? The Bible says, clothe yourselves with Christ. Put on Christ. <laughs> Put Christ on. That's what it means. Put Christ on. Walk around so that people can see Christ. And when they see Christ, they recognize the authority on your life. And now all those beings, all these powers, the power, principalities, powers, dominions, thrones, all of these begin to submit to Christ in you. Not to you, to Christ in you. Now, we must understand that man in the garden was given this authority. When God created man, He brought everything that God created, God created, He brought them, all the animals, to Adam. Okay, you must understand. He brought all the animals to Adam. And the Bible says in the book of Genesis, it says that God wanted to see what Adam would name them. So which means the minute he gave them a name, God could see them. Oh, come on now. Do you understand? <laughs> so, when God created, let there be light, He saw the light was good. But when He brought the animals, doesn't say that He saw. Until Adam gave them a name. And that was their name. That's what God saw. Come on now. So that's your authority. You must understand. Adam was given that authority. And when Adam was given that authority, God brought the beings to him. God brought the invisible. Now, let me show you this in the scripture. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 um, and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. Good testimony. Now, listen to this. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. 
the worlds, the systems, the processes, the animals, the birds, all of this stuff, everything was framed by the Word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. So in, so in essence, what he's trying to say to us is that when God created all things, they were invisible. They were just frames. And it was man's responsibility to carry the authority of God to co-create with the Father. To, the Father would come and He would bring these things to man, these frames to man, and man would fill it based on His revelation of what he heard from the Father. So, oh, this, you are the Son of the living God. You are the Christ. You are the, oh, wow, who, do, who filled that frame? God the Father did through Peter. But God the Father bought Christ to Peter. Who do you say I am? Now, when you look at Adam, all these animals, all these things were coming to Adam. Adam was giving it a name. Where did he get that revelation? We understand that it came from the Father. The Father would give it to him. Revelation. And then he would say the name and that's what they became. Which means they became, inv they became visible from invisible, from frame-like they became visible because Adam gave them a name. A name, a name, a name, a name. Now, I would love to submit this to you. When we look at circumstances and situations in our lives, do you think it's an attack or a presentation? <laughs> Just think about my question. When you're going through a circumstance, a situation in your life, do you believe it's an attack or a presentation? <laughs> I would like to submit to you that it is a presentation. It's a presentation so that you can give it a definition. Why? Because all authority has been given to me. Now you go. Go and make disciples of nations. Of nations. Which means disciple nations. So which means the nations are a frame that you have to fill. So you decide what your nation is. Is it, is it a, nation, a third world country? Is it a prosperous country? Right? Is it a progressive? Is it a creative country? You decide what your job is like. You decide what your body is like. You, you decide based on revelation now from God what it is your life is all about. See, because whatever you call it to be, that is exactly what it'll be. See, we think that, oh man, you know, I'm being attacked by the devil. Oh my goodness. Why does the, if, if, you understand the power that these beings carry. They can finish you in a second. Why do you think they want to attack you? Like, what do they get by attacking you? Like, oh, they took my finances. Oh, they stole my job. Like, what? These little things? What's the most precious thing? It's your life. How come they're not taking your life? Because they don't have the authority. So, which means they're coming to present themselves to you. But the problem is you're giving them a description and owning them in your life. I am deaf. I am dumb. I have cancer. I have, I don't have, okay? I'm just giving you an example. Okay, I don't have any of these things. They're cancelled in my life. But I'm just giving it because we, we do that. We do that to ourselves. I am poor. I am this. I am that. 
And these, these invisible beings are coming to our life and they're presenting, oh, I, got, I had a little pain in my hip today. Must be my, my I, I need a hip replacement. What are you talking about, man? You probably stretched a muscle in your leg while you slept and now you need a hip replacement. Guess what? You've opened a door now through your words. You've created a form of something to attack your hip. Why? Because you have the authority. And they listen to you. They're not opposing you. They're doing, they're obeying you. If you only understand this, it will completely change how we live our lives. The words that we speak, the things that we say, you know. Listen, nobody's perfect. God reveals this word and we mature in our revelation. We, we're not, it's not held against us. But today I want to encourage you as I'm done with this message that you've got to really assess what you've been saying about yourself. Assess what you've been saying about your family. Assess what you've been saying about, your, about the church. Assess what you've been saying about, about the people in your life. Oh, that person. Oh, it's not good, brother. Whoa, not good. He's now being attacked, attacking your friend. You must understand, we create these beings. We give these things that are invisible forms and we, we cause them now to attack one another. Oh, that pastor, he, no, it's, not, oh, no, it's not good. And you know, oh, I don't know, man. You know, all that kind of stuff. Oh, Pastor Neil, eh? Pastor Savi. Oh, Pastor John. You know, no, no, no. We, we create all this drama and the church people, people, Christians are releasing beings to attack the pastors. And then we say, pray for me, pastor. It's very, very important that you understand what I'm saying, church. This is vitally important for us as a church to move forward. We're giving things form because of the authority that's on our life. What if I were to say this to you, that you can look at your life today and every area that you saw was an attack you change it to believe that this is an opportunity for me now to experience the goodness of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? A lot of Christians will look at darkness and start praying for the light. Praying for the light. Let the light come in Jesus' name. Let the light come. We're praying for the light. But did you know that the darkness is the one that actually manifests light? See, we've filled this frame called darkness. We've filled it with evil things and evil intentions and evil desires and all the dark things, bad things happen at night. And that's why when darkness, when we're in the dark, we experience those things. We feel that, ooh, there's a eerie feeling. Oh, oh my God, I don't like to walk into a dark room. Why? Because oh, you are the one who filled it. <laughs> But if you look at darkness the way your heavenly father looks at darkness, let there be light. He doesn't even, he doesn't even say darkness. Give me light. Let there be light. And darkness, the, whatever the frame of darkness was, it began to manifest and give God light. See, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. When I study that word heaven, it's not where God sits. It's the word starry heavens. It's the planets. It's the elements. It's everything that God, that's in the sky. This realm between the heaven 
where God is, that dimension, between that dimension and the earth's dimension. The lower heavens is what I'm talking about. It's where all these principalities, powers, dominions, thrones, governors, rulers, all of them, they're all in that realm. They're not yet in heaven, they're in that realm there. Now I know that this might be a little deep for some, but trust me, as you open your heart to it, not oppose it, as you open your heart to it, you will realize that you are more powerful than you really believe. And you will start experiencing. Now I'm not asking you to engage with principalities and powers. Don't do any of that. When God brings a situation in your life, give it a definition, give it a form according to revelation that you receive from your heavenly father. That is our responsibility. That's the way, that's the algorithm, that's the method in which the kingdom of God functions. Anything out of that will cause you to to define these spiritual beings according to your old nature, the fallen man. Fear, anxiety, trauma, lack, all of that stuff, divorce, issues and relationships, all of that is a manifestation of the old man. It's your humanity that is defining it. But when you step into your authority as a divine being, ladies and gentlemen, now you begin to look at a situation not as, a, as, a, as, a, as an opposition, but actually as an opportunity. As an opportunity so that you can take something that is meant to be void and give it a form. <laughs> Give it a form. And that form, you've got to look at it and say, it is good. Come on, that's you're creating, you're creating like your heavenly father. All of this ability to do these things, they sound exciting. But you must first understand how it starts. It starts by receiving a fresh word from God. Acknowledging Christ. Acknowledge Christ. When you acknowledge Christ and give Him a form, now He begins to give you the keys. That authority is what every all these beings begin to recognize. They see the authority and respond to you the way they would respond to Jesus. This is very important that you understand. Look, Jesus showed us in the scripture. He showed us. He, when, when He was on the earth, He, he was uh, with His disciples. He was sleeping in the boat. And uh, the disciples are panicking, they're striving because they could think they're going to die. How many of you know that they could have died? It's because they had framed their future according to their fear, their situation. They framed the situation according to the fear that's inside, which means the fear that is in you, if that fear gets into the boat, you're done. So now Jesus is sleeping in the storm. You see, it's not a problem for him. It's a presentation. How the presentation came to Jesus, he said, oh Jesus, we're going to die. Don't you love us, Jesus? Don't you care for us? Don't we pray like that? Where are you, God? I'm sleeping in the storm. The storm is a presentation. God, my Father, is bringing the storm into my life. I love the storm. I want the storm. Why? It's because I can define the storm as peace. You must understand, when you think there's something happening to your body, before Dr. Google gives you a definition or you get a doctor's report, my goodness, give it a definition. You define what you're feeling. That that feeling that I'm having right now, that's not COVID. That's my body recovering. Come on, man. 
You give it a form. You don't say, oh, I have cancer. I don't have cancer. I'm being healed. I have perfect health. It's a storm that comes your way that you give a presentation. Look, Jesus was with his disciples now and he and the, and the Pharisees come to him and ask him about taxes. So Jesus is asked a question and he takes up a coin and, and this is in Matthew and Mark. In Mark, he takes a coin and says, whose face is on this? It's Caesar's. So give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's, right? But in the book of Matthew, he does something awesome. They ask him the question and he says, so who do the kings and rulers in the world who do they charge taxes from? From their servants or from their sons? And so the disciples say from their servants. So which means the sons are free. So your tithe is not a tax. It's a love gift to the father. Oh, anyway, anyway. So, so now he tells his disciples, okay, so that they don't talk so much about me, go fish take a hook, throw it in the sea, you will catch a fish and in that fish's mouth is a gold coin, go and give it to them. You must understand, he's put in a situation, didn't have money. But he, out of nothing, he created something. Out of the invisible, he had a frame, I need to do something, let me perform a miracle. How did that fish listen? It's because someone had authority to put a gold coin in his mouth while he's in the ocean and direct him to a hook. I've tried fishing with hooks before. It takes a long time to catch a fish. But here Jesus needed to pay taxes. It was done like that. You must understand when you receive authority, it's you, you're not praying for a miracle, you're performing miracles. That's where you mature. You mature, you look at, at situations as opportunities for me to do something awesome. And that's the invitation, ladies and gentlemen, that God is giving us today. He's like, hey, listen, can we together do awesome things? I want to do awesome things with you. I don't want you to just come to me all the time. I've, I want to give you my authority. I want to give you this exousia, this power. I want to give this to you so that you and I can now partner together. I will speak to you. You give it a form. Don't call it darkness. Call it light. Don't call it cancer. Call it perfect health. Don't call it deafness. Call it perfect healing. Come on, just call it what I tell you to call it. Before you, look, you must understand, before you engage with a presentation, ask your father what he's presenting. That situation in your life, ask your Heavenly Father, who, how do you want me to define this? And then He will tell you. Look, your Father, your Heavenly Father, wants to do what He's always loved to do. And that is to co-create with you and me. And I want to invite you into a relationship with the Father where you don't look at at emptiness and look at these frames, these invisible frames and fill it with anxiety and bitterness and anger, jealousy, or hatred, oh, recession and you know, COVID and cancer. Don't fill it with all these things because that's the fallen man. But I want to encourage you to fill your life with revelation from the Father.
good words. Everything that you create, you've got to see that it is good. Because the minute you give it a form, you will be able to see it. The minute you call your sickness what it is, you'll see it in your body. The minute you call poverty what it is in your life, you will begin to see it in your life. So I want to encourage you, why don't you call yourselves rich? Why don't you call yourselves prosperous? Why don't you call yourselves, I'm rich and getting richer? Why don't you call yourselves, I have a, have a job and I'm going to have many businesses. I'm, I, I, why don't you begin to define yourself as a steward of the kingdom because whatever you're defining is not just for you, it is for His kingdom. When you go to work, you're doing it for His kingdom. You're going there and selling and you're doing, you're making money so that His kingdom can benefit. You no longer live for yourself anymore. You live to fill the the frames that He presents to you in your life. And so today, church, I want to bless you. I want to encourage you to live a life that is full of authority. So I want to pray for you right now. And I just want to declare God's um, abundant love, love and life over you. Father, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for everyone that is listening to your word. Today we've received a revelation that we did not know before, Father. And I know that you don't hold our immaturity or our, 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 our lack of understanding against us. And so we, we're so grateful for your love and we are so grateful that you would share these revelations with us, God. And so today, Lord, we present our hearts before you. We, we submit ourselves to, we submit uh, the years and our, 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 the, we submit our, our, the ability to understand to you. And we say, God, from this day on, before we define a situation, before we give something a form, we will seek your face. We will seek your voice. We will seek your word. We will hear your voice and according to what you define it, we will define it. And we will see that everything in our life will be good. And so we just bless every single person that's watching today. Thank you for everyone that's joined us for the service, God. We just bless them in, in abundance. Life Church Global will be a church of creativity. Life Church Global will multiply. There will be many people who will join Life Church Global. There will be many people who will come out of fear. The, the lies about Life Church Global, we just break it right now and we declare that Life Church Global is a, is a word-based church. It's a theologically sound church. Uh, the Life Church Global is not a church to be afraid of, but Life Church Global is a family of people who love one another unconditionally. And so we just declare this, that miracle signs and wonders will begin to happen in, in a great way in Life Church Global, in the life groups. Father, we thank you that our greatest years are ahead of us and we'll begin to experience the greatness of God from this day on. In Jesus' name, and all God people said, Amen. Bless you guys. See you next week. Amen.